You may be seated. A few weeks before I became a parent, this commercial debuted on Hulu that never failed to give me a good laugh. It showed this mother holding a newborn at a party. The teenage girl approaches her, asking if she can hold the baby. So this mother gives this girl the most disgusted look and then pushes towards her this industrial-sized thing of hand sanitizer and tells her, cover your hands, cover your arms, get it in the crooks of your elbows, and then you can hold the baby. In the next scene, the same mother, now on child number two, is talking on her cell phone. She's at an auto body shop, and she's holding a new baby in the other hand. And when it comes time to pay the attendant, she hands the baby to the, this greasy auto mechanic and says, here, take this, so she can write a check. Now, it was meant to show that the burdens of parenthood change over time, but I always get a kick out of that first scene with this mom's suggestion of over-sanitizing. We like to be clean in our society. This much is true. But sometimes, Sandra and I both think this is a bit silly. Now, don't get me wrong, a little hand-washing or sanitizing before holding Hewen is really appreciated, as his immunity system is not great right now. But I assume that most of you all are clean. And yet, sometimes, I think we as a people make a distinction between unclean and dirty. Hewen gets dirty. Your kids get dirty. You get dirty. It happens, and it's not a bad thing. But to be unclean has a deeper and negative connotation. Someone who is unclean is not just someone we don't want holding our children. Rather, it is someone we don't want to be around at all. It usually does not have much to do with sanitary conditions and everything to do with how society defines people. My friend Hannah is here today to talk about the monument quilt and it reminded me of the AIDS quote, and how people who have AIDS are often treated as second-class citizens by our society. I remember being a chaplain at a nursing home, and in the library there would be books about AIDS put in gay and lesbian literature. Some images do last, and they do make an impression on who is clean and who is not. Who are the unclean in our society today? Who are the people that we cross the street to get away from, whose lives are not worth fighting for in our estimation? Who are our second-class citizens? Moreover, who does your literal interpretation of Scripture prevent you from engaging with? Try as we might in the land of the free and the home of the brave, there are still so, so many who we do not think are worth our time and do not deserve the love of God. I know, it makes me upset too, Gabrielle. We come, <laughs> we come up with narratives to make ourselves feel better about our prejudice, but really they are nothing more than convenient excuses. Uncleanliness is the theme of today's miracles in the Gospel. You have a woman who is bleeding and made unclean, as well as a young woman who has died, and thus anyone who touches her will be made unclean. Now, I've said it before, and I will say it again, 
Jesus would make a lousy Christian because he puts caring about people over following the rules. I direct your attention to Leviticus 5.3. Or when you touch human uncleanness, such as the woman in this story who's bleeding, any uncleanness by which one can become unclean and are unaware of it, as Jesus was, when you come to know it, as he did, you shall be guilty. I also direct your attention to Numbers 5.2. Command the Israelites, such as Jesus, to put out of the camp everyone who is leprous or has a discharge, and everyone who is unclean through contact with a corpse, like Jesus. So you can look at these passages in light of the Gospel story one of two ways. Either Jesus was not familiar with these laws, which I really doubt, given that you as a Jewish rabbi, or that there's something deeper going on here. And just for the sake of the argument, I'm going to go with number two. I'm only halfway done this sermon. I need a little more material. In Judaism at the time, the things that made you unclean were not about sanitation. Rather, there was a boundary between that person or that item and God. God had not ordained whatever was unclean, and because of this, you could not touch it. The consequences of doing so were dire. Pastor Brian Stoffergham writes, Being unclean was the opposite of being holy. Being unclean meant that you couldn't come to the holy temple to worship the holy God. Anything unclean was unfit or unworthy to be in the presence of the holy God. If you were unclean, you had to go through a rite of purification or cleansing in order to be welcomed back into society and into the presence of God. So if you were unclean, for whatever reason, you couldn't even celebrate God's holy name. But what Jesus is doing today in these healings, through faith in God, is breaking an unimaginable boundary. He takes away what is made unclean in favor of bringing new life. Because nothing, not even purity laws in scripture, is more important than loving your neighbor as yourself. There's a reason why we call it the golden rule. It's because this is where God's love truly shines. And when it comes down to it, that's what the cross is all about. Death does not have to have the last word because of the redemptive love of God. It is a thing that makes no sense and it is not supposed to make any sense. Breaking boundaries means going outside of conventional wisdom. That's what Christ does for us. And through his resurrection, he has reconciled all of creation back to the love of God. And that reconciliation is for you. That love of God is for you. Your sinful uncleanliness is made clean by the new life you have in baptism. The seed of understanding to all of this is faith. It's not magic powers or super medicine that heal these people, but it is faith. The belief in things hoped for, the promise of things not yet seen. And so our calling is not to follow the laws of the Bible for the sake of cleanliness and righteousness. Instead, we are called to make ourselves unclean for the sake of those in need. The word Christian has so many labels attached to it 
So in understanding this text, just throw it out. Go against your programming to do what is biblically correct for the sake of the gospel. Put aside what makes someone unclean to show them the love of God. Christ does not let purity laws, nor even the presence of death, interfere with loving someone and being there for them in their time of need. So also shall we not. As we walk by faith, let us have faith that when we put aside doing what is right in favor of showing God's love, the Son of God will back us. There is no industrial-sized sin sanitizer that will make you um, that will make you clean. It is only in your baptism that your sins are washed away. DLCA's slogan, God's work, our hand. DLCA's slogan is, God's work, our hands. Do not be afraid to get your hands dirty for the sake of the gospel. Jesus makes himself unclean for those who suffer and those that have perished. Jesus makes himself unclean for you. So there is no barrier between you and God. There is only the bridge of faith. Amen. Please rise and